Welcome to another edition of Your Impact Attack. That's right, it's Your Impact Attack, and we're still celebrating a thousand episodes of Impact, even though it's been a week since the thousandth episode aired, which was days after the thousandth episode was taped. So we've lost count of how many episodes there have been, but we know how many episodes we've done. Actually, we don't. I never counted it, uh, and it doesn't matter. But who is we? I am Jamie Williams, known as The Vet. Rogers guy. The vet. Vet, vet, vet. Rip, 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 Rogers guy. My tag team partner is Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good tonight, man, and I've had a pretty decent day. Uh, I thought Moose, in the couple of minutes he's on the sh- on the Impact, stole it the entire show. Yes, yes. Sad that it was only a couple minutes, stole it nonetheless. Um. So yeah, we are uh, we are ready to uh, talk about this part two thing, but uh, before we get into that. Who are we even going to be talking to? We don't. How are we supposed to? We just do this for our own entertainment. Who, who should we acknowledge as being with us here tonight to be our lovely audience? Let's see who we got in the chat tonight. We got. Oh, I got to scroll up here a bit. Yeah. We got Jerome Hall, Lab Rat, Media M5, Buckshot Kid, Lizbeth. Let's see who else here? Dark Side Caster. Javi Uchida and Al Robinson. What is up? How's everybody doing tonight? Whoop, whoop. That's right. And don't forget Chris Wendland, who starts off with a question. He says, tonight's question is, do you think Impact will scoop up any of WWE's leftovers? Who would you guys think would fit in Impact, if anyone? So, a very um, obvious question in the wake of all these uh, current releases, some of which... Uh, we all just were waiting to happen and maybe a surprise or two in there, but nobody really shocking, I don't think, uh, genuinely. Um, but yes, so so the WWE is their cost-cutting measures, laying off office employees, uh, the, what is it, the, what are, they use some corporate phrase that's really annoyingly insulting i forget what it is right now but um it, it something like creating efficiencies <laughs> i think is something that is, is a thing that gets used with, which i don't know why they feel like they need yeah streamlining is one that we used to use but i'm i'm talking about that like that that's that's more the creating efficiencies is more insulting because it makes it sound like you're doing something really good and it's not um so so yeah uh but you know nonetheless we lost a few people from wwe that they didn't even want in the first place um some of these people were signed and then barely brought back to tv if at all then they were just kind of sit at home or certainly not seen on television so 
Yeah, Liz says eliminating redundancies, which that's another phrase that I heard, but I've I prefer <laughs> and by prefer I mean completely am disgusted by uh creating efficiencies. <laughs> um so anyway, uh what do you think? Um who who's a good fit for impact? I mean, obviously the first the first uh answer is whoever impact can afford because i don't some of these people ain't gonna want to go there um but some of them had just recently been there like emma aka tenille dashwood or whatever so so what do you think who who who, uh who's a personal favorite you might like to see come to impact i could see emma coming back not that i preferred out of that uh list of people who went who got released i could see her going back there because it's familiar get her back on her feet Maybe even bring uh, her boyfriend or fiance with her. They might do something there with them. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, plus, Impact has got a couple of spots that are opening up here pretty shortly with uh, Sammy Callahan and PCO leaving. That's right. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Um, those guys are supposedly leaving. Uh, now, again, you know, you never know what Impact situation is. Like... <laughs> Do they have uh, a roster number that they like to keep? Or do they have a payroll number that they don't like to go over? You know, does when someone does sign a contract, does that uh does that necessarily mean that um you know that that would like fill up a spot or is there as many spots as they feel like giving? Like we don't really know these things about impact. So as we don't know anthem whatever however you want to call the business side of it uh but uh you know they got a few people to pick from here mm. yeah i could see uh boogs going lab rat had a good idea had a good one with ali i could see him going the ho ali yep that's right um i don't want to see him anymore but they could certainly use him uh you would you could see um I wouldn't necessarily count on a, let's say, like a Dolph Ziggler because he's already made way too much money and does not care enough about wrestling to continue doing it at that level. Like when you've let, when you, when you've wrestled at the WWE level for that long, you're not going to want to necessarily come back to this, you know? So, um, he doesn't need the money. Probably won't see him. It's a, <laughs> Anytime I see somebody like, you know, when I go to look at the news and see somebody commenting on, you know, Impact and CM Punk, I'm just like, guys, stop it. He, he, visited, he visited friends there. He He's not going to work there. I just don't see that happening. But I've been wrong before. Uh, I just don't think I'll be wrong again. Um, same. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, supposedly Deanna's going to be on her way out. I don't know where she might go. Um, she has, she hasn't gotten any thinner since she got, you know, released from WWE. So she's not going to, you know, I, I don't I don't see that being a, a a potential landing spot, but again, things may have changed, I don't know. Um Dana Brooke coming to Impact, God, I hope not. Uh yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. Who would I want to see? 
Uh, nobody I would want to see is going to come in and do anything because they already have their guys in place. You know, like yeah. you see who they, it, it, it seems like to me that any non WWE company brings in guys to be superstars for the guys that they wish were superstars to go over on. Like, isn't that what we see on impact every week? Like, don't we have to see Chris Saban go over on somebody or Alex Shelley go over on somebody or, you know, like that, that's basically what we see. So if you want to bring in somebody for these guys to go over on, you know, there's some good picks, I guess. Um, I would, I would think that, uh, guys like Rick Boogs or Elias, could eventually come back in some way to the WWE. They really had a lot of opportunities because WWE likes doing that kind of shit, but so does Impact. Impact likes doing, you know, these cinematic things and they like doing skits. They clearly don't have a problem with musical stuff because now you have Joe Hendry. If you imagine Joe Hendry, Elias, and Rick Boogs doing stuff, um, that seems like whoever likes to goof around in Impact seems like it'd be up their alley. To produce a lot of those vignettes so that sounds like that'd be a fun trio could be a fun trio i mean those guys are creative and interesting so you know seeing them together that would be something but yeah i i don't know a good uh, if, if if i'm all of a sudden handed the keys to impact i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna call shelton benjamin Let's see if he wants to come in and be like one of those. Like, I, I would rather have, if you're going to have somebody in the Alex Shelley role saying how influential and important and good they are, I'd have Sheldon Benjamin doing that. You know, he, he could do everything that Alex Shelley's doing and be believable at it. So I would do that. Um, yeah. That, that, that would be my that would be my answer so nice question if we think of anything else i guess we'll uh talk about that as we go say oh so and so would be a good fit for impact um I'm sure there's some good fits to leave impact too Ooh, i still remember one what, what do you think about top dollars chances of probably going to impact uh chances i don't know um don't really know what he's interested in doing um but uh, as for what i like to see him there uh not nada i think is that's that's how my, that's how much i would like you're asking me how much i would like to see him there no no let him do his terrible raps on a boat somewhere with some flat booty bitches um let him continue to do that uh and uh you don't have to worry about wrestling because he's the best rapper alive, I guess. So, um, let's see. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, uh, we got their talks of PCO contract being up at a specific time. I believe it's October 30th. That's what they said. Uh, and by they, I mean uh, Pat Laprod for some reason, is speaking for PCO. And if you don't know who that is, he's like an author. Uh, and I think he's co-authored some books about stuff like histories of women's wrestling, 
stuff about Andre the Giant, I want to say. There was a book about Andre. I've read some of it. Um, so, you know, he seems to be, uh, you know, in touch with what's going on in Canadian wrestling history. So I don't know why he's all of a sudden telling us when PCL's contract is expired, but maybe he just had talks with him. Maybe he's been talking to him because he's working on another book, you know? Uh, so we'll see. But um, <laughs> Jay Hall says, damn, that flat boot. Hey, have you seen that video clip he put out? Have you seen it? All right, don't see it. Unless you want to see it. But it's it's one of those things. You don't want to see it. Um, so uh, then you got, you know, Sammy Callahan apparently his contract's coming up now i don't see a what what would be a landing spot for sammy callahan probably someplace like a mlw or um i don't know if aw would be interested uh it's possible it's possible mm, yeah i don't know nwa maybe i don't know they billy corgan might be into some of that I don't know. Um, but even even here in recent times, not been used to the degree ever since the uh, the design debacle, both those guys, um, I say both those guys, but like, you know, the design and Sammy Callahan have both had a quite a reduced role in recent weeks. And I don't know if that's just because Eric Young is back or because, you know, perhaps we buried it so bad that they even had to look at themselves and say what are we doing none of this makes sense and it sucks so who knows i'm not going to take the credit for it but we did say how bad it was the entire time they were doing it i don't know if sammy callahan wants to quit wrestling that'd be great too i don't care um so there's that and uh we will talk about this uh at the end of the review um but uh, apparently we also had talked about gail kim suffering a concussion at the tapings we'll talk about the spot that it happened and everything and she's apparently doing okay but you know she's receiving treatments and stuff for it um she tweeted something about you know uh wrestling's not you know wrestling's not fake and shit happens and it's not her first concussion and you know leave her leave velvet sky alone um so but uh other than that i don't really have any major news or anything to talk about what about you brandon anything on the uh thing come across the desk no nah, unfortunately not today today was kind of a slow day what's well, kind of slow day um all right well how about uh a punching up impact sure thing you got the one from august 31st 2023 this one is a lot more of a let's go ahead and say like a similar to a crash tv format and that i kind of had to cram a lot in there and kind of try to make it flow and structured so so we're we're doing august 31st yep well, we're, are we going backwards? Because wait, 
Didn't no, it is. I am sorry. This is the seventh. Yeah, I was gonna say. I know we had a, a at least a September or something last time, didn't we? Yep, that was my bad. I pulled up the wrong one. All right, I got the correct one up now. Okay, so we're doing September seventh. Yep, September seventh, twenty twenty three. All right, and last time it was. Um, were we leading into emergence or yeah this is the go home to emergence plus with like or no no it's victory road because like victory the t- road, yeah road. and also too because the timeline or the amount of there's only what two weeks between emergence and victory road so it's kind of like she got to cram all the story into two shows right okay well then i will let you take <laughs> it away and i will visualize <laughs> all right so we get our recap and ketchup packet Intro and Pyro and Ballyhoo announce table, talk about recent events. Then we open with an in ring of Josh Alexander, gets music and entrance. And he re off some viewers. (laughs) And he recaps the times he got attacked by the masked man last week and he asks Santino to come out. Santino comes out, he tells Josh they don't have any leads yet. Josh is immediately pointing the finger at Macklin. Leo Rush comes out. And he says it's both of the Motor City machine guns working together. Mm-hmm. Josh and Santino don't believe him, and that he's only saying that to try to stir things up between Alexander and the machine guns. And then the masked man runs out again to attack Alexander, and he gets the upper hand, tries to remove the mask, but the masked man gets away. The masked man go for a spear and a jackhammer? <laughs> no, nah, he tried, though. No. Okay. Then we go to our first commercial break. Come back with our first match, Deanna Perrazzo versus Danny Luna. Uh, same match that we had on the show. Uh, so we have Deanna going over much stronger and cleaner than she did. And then we go to backstage, Josh Alexander with the Motor City Machine Guns, where Josh tells them he doesn't believe anything that Leo is saying. Shelly mentions that Macklin was impossible to find all night long the previous week. Saban suggests it could be Leo trying to throw Josh off the scent, and Josh excuses himself. We go to the crazy Steve vignette, the same one we saw on the show. Then backstage, Rascals in good hands. We're gonna ch- it's kind of the same thing. We're going to change it up a little bit. Announcers mention that they'll uh, talk to the Rascals when the show returns from commercial. However, just before we go to commercial, the cameraman notices the good hands approaching the Rascals, and he keeps the camera rolling. Good hands and Rascals assume the camera is off, and they openly discuss their deal. One of the four notices the red light on the camera and KO is a cameraman, and we immediately go to our second commercial break. Okay, we got to fire him. Can't just have him assault. We should fire the mask man, too. Whoever you, whoever you are under the mask, you're fired. Right, go ahead. And we come back from our we come back from commercial. We go to our impact moment of Kim beating Kong for the title. Backstage, Santino and Rascals. Santino says after what just happened, he's stripping them of the tag titles. The machine guns enter the scene and tell him if he wants to punish them, then make the tag title match at Victory Road, no DQ. And the Motor City Machine Guns cut the same promo they do later on the show, except just in this spot and to the Rascals directly. Then you go to our second match, Singh and Shara versus Joya. Same we get, same thing we get on the show with that. Then go to the Tommy Dreamer pre-tape. Same thing we get on the show with that, with Heath stepping in and kind of giving a little bit of a pep talk. We go backstage to Bully and Macklin, which is the same promo that we saw on the show, but with a few 
additions. Bully puts over Macklin for jumping Alexander, and Macklin denies it. Then we go to our third. Let me go to our third commercial break. And then come back with a pre-tape of Shaw and Company. In the middle of the promo, Shaw stops and walks off. And it's just kind of like, you know, uh, just cut. Just, yeah, one of those, just kind of a little bit, kind of make it look like just to go somewhere. I'm not 100% sure where to go, but somewhere. All I know is that we're splitting this thing up and Shaw's going babyface. That's kind of the start to that. All right. Or where or where I'd go with it. Okay. And then match number three, X Division Championship, Leo Rush versus Kevin Knight. Same match we saw on the show, just a shorter version of it, and we are putting the title on the line. Because if he's going over, why not? Yeah, I suppose. I suppose. Uh, vignette, Dango and Bravo, the same one we saw on the show. And then we come to backstage where Leo Rush is found unconscious and the cameraman calls for help. Come back from our, go to fourth commercial break. Come back with Stan Santino backstage where security says uh, it was the masked man who took out Leo. Match number four, Subculture versus Sammy and Swan. Same match that we saw on the show. Then they go backstage with Gia and the Motor City Machine Guns. Saban admits he was wrong about Leo and is happy, is not happy. He's not getting Leo at his best at Victory Road for the, or, if, at, no, sorry. For, oh, oh, no, it wasn't Victory Road. It was a, uh, Impact 1000. He's not getting him at his best for Impact 1000 for the X title. Shelly says that there's people searching the building for him, for the masked man, and they'll help in any way that they can. Go to the Jordan Grace package. And then we go to the in-ring Contract signing is the same as we see on the show. And then as uh, Trinity's put through the table, the announcer starts saying that we have something going on in the back. And we cut to backstage of Leo Rush being restrained by security and trainers as he tries to leave the trainer's room. And he says he knows it's Saban and Shelly and he wants to fight them. Go to our fifth commercial break. Come back with a New Japan hype video. Cut to the announce table where they run down the do a final hard sell for Victory Road. And then our main event of Bully and Macklin versus Josh Alexander and PCO. Bully and Macklin come out together to Bully's music, Alexander music and entrance, PCO music and entrance. Basic tag match with Josh taking heat. Macklin tags in Bully for hot tag. And they cut off PCO's comeback and double team him. PCO gets up and him and Bully fight to the back. Masked Man runs out with a weapon and lays out both Macklin and Alexander. And Leo chases the masked man into the crowd as the show goes off the air. All right. Well, we definitely get a little more intrigue with the uh, with the masked man and the uh, the mystery. Yep, because the two guys who have the finger pointed at him, really the Rush and Macklin, has got eliminated as suspects. That's right. Unless everyone's a masked man. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So we, we've, we've uh, splintered the timeline here because now we've gotten uh, the Motor City Machine Guns on a, on a heel path as the Scream Killers. And then you got Giselle Shaw interrupting her own 
pre-tapes to go be a baby face, I guess. And then, you know, that's totally different than what we're going to get here now in our present. So <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how these things develop over time. Yep. So in the present timeline, we are at Impact Wrestling Episode 1000, Part 2. Part 2, 1000B. All right. Let's get right to that as I pull up my notes. All right. So, of course, you know we're going to get a recap of the actual Impact 1000. Um, and uh, we're going to start off with the Ultimate X match. Because uh, you just got to start off hot, right? You got to keep this 1000 momentum going. Um, I mean, is it really a T is it really a classic TNA show if it's not starting off the multi-man X division match? It is not. It is not. Or a half hour hit everybody's music segment. That's also a good classic. Um, it's more of a classic Monday night raw, but still classic. Uh, but anyway, our participants for the, uh, ultimate X match, which for anybody that's not familiar with Ultimate X matches, this is the one where they have trusses and uh, they run cables along the top in the shape of an X across the ring and they hang an X, a big uh, plastic X uh, from it. Um, and you have to basically uh, shimmy yourself out there um, and pull the X down. No ladders. Uh, you got to do some some rope shimmying and uh, maybe hand over hand, perhaps, you know, however, however you can get to it. Um, it's definitely, man, let me tell you something. Um, so in this, we have Samurai Del Sol, who some of you may remember as Kalisto from the WWE. We have Alan Angels, who some of you may remember as that guy that never won anything in uh, AEW. We have Zachary Wentz, who is one half of the Rascals. And he's the guy that got fired from WWE when uh, his ex-girlfriend uh, posted video, uh, pictures of him with a Hitler mustache goofing around. And he also accused him of beating her up. Uh, I believe he was uh, exonerated of, well, at least one of those things. Um, speedball Mike Bailey. Uh rich swan and uh ace austin so those are your participants uh you know stuff happens you know they do a lot of stuff because this is the kind of match where you do stuff and they, they, like for example there was a spot where three guys climbed up the same truss and moonsaulted on the other three guys simultaneously and i saw that immediately thought why wouldn't you have one of them be a heel and then the other two jump off and he starts climbing for the x and then the third guy who was supposed to jump on climbs up and pulls him down uh because that's not what we talked about in the back Brandon. we <laughs> talked about doing a synchronized moonsault with six separate people that don't really have any allegiance to each other and have no reason to be cooperating or doing anything simultaneously let's just do it um there's a lot of spray paint in this match oh yeah uh, wentz is out there spray painting everybody in the face um uh and uh i will say something nice they got some good camera shots in this they did they really did i believe there must have been like a camera on a crane 
or something because it was pretty high up but it was still like you know moving around so they either had a crane or some something like you know they were using whatever they might use um i'm not a cameraman so i don't know all the technical terms but uh it wasn't just like a static hard cam and then the normal floor cams they actually had some cool so cool looking shots that made the match look different so if you were tuning into this you'd be like huh cool cool looking um and uh your winner is alan angels in a very anticlimactic fashion um i like the fact that when he dropped it the guy is dough for it because he's because by the stipulation it's still fair game until he leaves the ring with it or until he grabs it right which makes me wonder if that was improvised because it's quite possible that angels just could not hang on anymore <laughs> and just dropped it and fell and everything you know like it could have been he could have been meant to come down with it but anyway so I'm, to I'm explain pretty, i'm pretty sure he was but like it looked like it was an accident and the guys kind of like saw what was going on and called it right. like uh, called an audible and started going for it which shit happens you got to roll with it yeah um yeah because uh so mike bailey was hanging up there for what felt like the length of that opening promo segment last week like he was up there so long i was like god he is strong because he his grip didn't his grip never gave out he he was just like just hanging up on that rope I was just like, God damn, is he ever going to... So he's he's out there, and Angels is out there, and they're both out there to the X, pretty much, and Angels kicks him in the in the balls while they're both up there. So he takes a bump off there, but Angels falls off too. So I wasn't sure. I, I was like, okay, okay, all right. If I didn't already know that Alan Angels was going to win because I heard, um, then I would have thought somebody else is going to win. But he kicks him they both fall off because they're both hanging by their hands at this point right they're 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 out to the middle and they they're both hanging on the ropes and they've been up there a while even though angels had his like legs wrapped around it for a bunch of time and uh bailey was like up there for less time with his legs and a lot of time with his arms and so when they get out there and he kicks him in the balls angels falls off and i don't know if that was supposed to happen he might have just lost it that did seem a little awkward and out of place. Yeah, and the reason why, because he goes, he he when he falls, he just runs back up the turnbuckle, climbs out there again, and pulls the X down. And then other guys are like, they're they're trying to climb up the the trusses on you know opposite corners and stuff to also go for it, but he just pulls it down. It was it, it did not look like the normal when you've seen enough ladder matches and shit where they they. They plan out these elaborate finishes. You really, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but at least for me, after 20-some years of ladder matches, <laughs> you get the sense of the timing for how these finishes go. And this looks like Angels fell off before he was supposed to and just had to climb back up and go get it. And uh, later on, too, in the promo with Bailey and Gresham, he brings up the uh, getting kicked in the balls, which makes me think that it's supposed to be more significant in this match than it was. Yeah, the finish would have made perfect timing sense if he, if they're both out there, he kicks him in the balls, Mike Bailey falls off, Angels pulls down the X. That's like, that's the timing of the finish. 
not I fall down and then just no sell and get back up and climb up there and shimmy out and everybody else has to just sit there with their dicks in their hand letting me do it. So that's my my guess is that he wasn't supposed to fall right there, but he did. Anyways, he is your winner and he gets a shot. And he's going to tell you um, when we come back from break. He's going to tell you that uh, he's not going to walk around like a dork with this around his neck for however many weeks. He's cashing it in next week. So he wants to be the champ and be the leader of the X Division right now. I made that sound way more interesting than he did, but I'm, I'm just trying to, you know, that's my job here. Um, he gets to have, you know, uh, an exciting match and he gets to have, a, a, you know, promo time on television and he's got all the production behind him and I'm just a guy sitting here talking to you in a camera. But somehow I'm still more entertaining. Um, Brandon, what do you think? Am I more entertaining? And is uh, Alan Angels the right choice? And uh, what did you think of this promo? Yes, no, and eh. Okay. What do you th- who who do you think was the right choice of the people that they had? Hmm. And remember, it was, it was so we got Ace Austin, Rich Swan. I would Mike say Bailey. since uh, Callahan's leaving, I would have said Swan. Okay. All right. Um, so Swan could have been the right guy. Um, but maybe they're paying him back. Maybe they're paying Alan Angels back for all the jobs he's done. Like, the, okay, you passed your initiation. Now you can kind of get a push. I don't know. Or maybe they will push him. Or who knows? I mean, taking somebody that's probably the least interesting option of anybody and pushing them is an impact. Uh, that's a current impact tradition. So... Um, probably going to see that, uh, on that same kind of note, we get, uh, Dango with, uh, Alpha Bravo versus Jake something. Um, they have this match, uh, as a 10 minute time limit for whatever reason, which they never do, but they're making a point of it here. And they're also, uh, having Chase Stevens from the naturals. If you remember them, cause I didn't, uh, I mean, I did after they told me, but I wouldn't have known where Chase Stevens was. I was like, who? Um, I vaguely remember Chase Stevens of the Naturals, and he's backstage on a headset, and he's judging this in case it goes the... Uh, he's a single judge, so we're we're doing like the, um, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship or the uh, Impact... What was it? Uh, what was the championship where they had the judges? Oh, Grand Championship? Grand Championship. But it's just one guy, and he's backstage on a headset. So he gets to decide if this goes to the 10 minutes, who wins, I guess, is what they're trying to explain. Do I get that right? Is that yes. what they were saying? Okay. Yeah, that's kind um, of... A, yeah, the idea behind that was a throwback to, like, when Impact was on Fox Sports Net. Yes. Well, that's another thing I had in my notes, because the way they put the banner on the top of the screen and the ticker, the scrolling ticker on the bottom of the screen, is also a throwback to the Fox yeah. Sports Net days. Yep. Um, which yeah. I like those days. That was some of my favorite days. Um, yep. It was a bad and- time slot, I guess, maybe, but it looked the show looked interesting there. 
Yep. And uh, and one of the times is that one of the judges was Dusty Rhodes. Well, several times actually. Yeah. All right. So we got our throwback match. Um, but it's not that much of a throwback. It's just a match. Uh, Bravo does the jump up. He's got his flashlight, and then uh, he goes to hit Jake something, but he hits Dango instead, and then uh, he staggers back into the void, and one, two, three, Jake something wins with like six minutes remaining or some shit like that. <laughs> it wasn't even close. No need for a judge. Um, strong win for Jake something. All right, what do you think of this, Brandon? Was this the, was this the right thing? Uh, I don't know. I, I think they need to kind of keep Dango strong because he's way more interesting than Jake something. And there's more you can do with him, I think. Okay. Not saying I disagree with you, but as a devil's advocate, uh, does it matter if Dango wins or loses anything based on strength of character? That's a good question. Uh and shouldn't a guy that looks as massive as Jake something kill a guy like Dango who just seems like he's disgusted that he has to be there at all? No, he should. Uh, I saw they could have... Uh, uh, to me, it seemed a little early to be getting... Uh, doing a Bosch interference finish like that with their partnership. All right. Okay, well, that's what we're doing. So, uh, everybody, your winner, Jake something. Any other thoughts on this? Or anything around it. Uh, it didn't feel like you really had any heat to it. Just kind of like, like a, there's definitely you know a, a reaction to the finish, but not much beyond that. Okay. Well, in fairness, um, they did build to this <laughs> for whatever reason. They this was a match that they chose to actually build the individuals going into it. You had Dango doing his things he normally did, and then you got Jake something doing his vignettes of like working out in the gym and you know, saying wrestling promos at the camera. So, you know, for whatever reason, if you were following along with this, you probably anticipated it somewhat. Um, did you enjoy the throwback Fox sports net? I banners? Right. I thought that I thought it was a nice touch. I appreciated it, but just for this one match. And then we can get rid of those. We don't need to remember anything else for that. It's just, uh, weird, just weird, weird choices. See, I always like those because, you know, I'm always the advocate of more uh, sports-like presentation or more realism, you know. And on those Fox Sports channels back in the day, you always had news and stuff going on. No matter what the show was, you always had, like, sports updates and other things, you know, going on. Any breaking news on the ticker so that you didn't actually miss anything that was going on just because you were watching a program. Um, so I like that. It made wrestling feel, uh, important and it made it feel current. It made it feel present. Like this is definitely live happening right now. Even if it was taped, it feels live because you're getting live updates on the entire world of sports while you're watching it. So it seems like it's more urgent, I guess, is, is a way I would describe it. Um, so uh let's see scott woodford is here he's joining us the man who has a picture with moose um so let's see uh we're 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 gonna get a picture of moose later and that's about <laughs> all uh but um before that 
we get uh, Burt Macklin cutting a promo with his little green light there. And uh, he just starts going into normal Burt Macklin promo mode. And then Rhino attacks him and just stands over him. And then they just go to break. Because that's exactly what you would do in that situation. Like, as soon as somebody gets hit backstage, just go to commercial. We don't, there's nothing interesting here. Let's, we don't need to see this. Um, we got to fire Rhino now. I know he's not always there. I know he's had political aspirations. This can't be good for those, but I'm afraid you can't just attack a man who's simply recording the promo that he was scheduled to record. Unprovoked attack. Um, Scott Demore should fear for his life. Uh, he should think about everybody else in the building. They shouldn't have to come to work and worry that Rhino's going to run in and gore somebody. Um, so, but we have a great episode of Impact tonight. It's been a great week for Impact with a thousand episodes. So, you know, anyway, I actually, grew, I actually grew up here in New York. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, my dad's in the audience. Hi, Dad. That's right. That's right. Sorry, Rhino. Um, so anyway, we come back from break and, uh, Everything's still where it is, except Santino's on the scene now with some security and whatever else. And uh, he says Rhino went too far this time. <laughs> hitting, hitting a guy in a chair is going too far. Remember, there was a, a many attempted murders on this show. Um, but Rhino hitting a guy sitting down is too far, is going too far. And Rhino completely disagrees uh, with Santino. He's, he says he didn't go far enough, <laughs> which is, you know, I, I agree with Rhino here. Um, what happens next is on Macklin, not Rhino. So what does that mean? I guess we'll just have to find out what, what, what happens next. Uh, probably a wrestling match. I don't know. It's just it's the usual thing that happens next. So what do you think? I like the follow-up to it, other than, like, the ridiculous NFL. You went too far. But yeah, they're too far this time. No, but I liked the they actually followed it up. Yes. Did you like that they just abruptly went to commercial break? <laughs> That's the kind of yeah. shit it's like you No, nah, like what like at least what I'd be expecting is like he takes the gore and he starts kind of fighting back, it turns into a scuffle, and then after a bit, you have the security run in, you have the San, you have Santino run in, and then you go to commercial. Yep. Or, you know, um, alternatively, you can always say earlier today, this happened because then it, it shows you like, you know, it gives you a hook reason why like, okay, we have all this footage, but we're only going to show you this. So you don't change the channel. And then when you come back, we'll show you the rest of it type thing. If, you, if you're telling us that, if you're presenting it that way, then you can make some sense. But the way they do everything, it's like they want to make you think it's live happening now, even though we know it's been taped weeks ago. Um, so when you go to break in the middle of stuff that's happening, which you wouldn't do, then, you know, it's just you know, whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, no one cares. They just do whatever they want. They're never going to change. Uh, Kenny King with Sheldon Jeans versus Eric Young with Coach Damore. It's Team Canada reunion. 
JL says, didn't someone get hit with the car? No, so yeah, that was PCO. And he sold it for a little bit until it was time not to, until the camera was back on. Um, okay, so, so we got this match, this tag team match, King and Jeans versus Eric Young and Scott Demore. Or no, well, it's with, with, it's Kenny King versus Eric Young is the match. Um, and no sooner do I pick up my phone to find something else to look at than Sheldon jumps in the ring and causes a DQ. And uh, then Scott Demore jumps in with the flag and just waving it around. And then uh, and then Shark Boy comes out and he exercises his uh, deputorial powers to make this a tag team match. Well, he doesn't say it like that. He says it like Steve Austin. He says, if you want this to be a tag team match, give me a shell. Yeah. Um, and everybody does, including Scott Demore, like a mark. Uh, so now we got a uh, a tag team match, and then before I can even just open a social media app to scroll <laughs> instead of watching it, the design jumps Eric Young, <laughs> Shark Boy, uh, adds America's Most Wanted to the Team Canada team for an eight-man tag so i'm trying my hardest to ignore this match and they just keep interrupting it you know and not letting me just do something else but uh so so we have this this hot start where people are just flying in and quite frankly in my impact losing their jobs um i mean i don't necessarily know if i would fire sheldon gene for interference but we don't need the design running in stuff they have nothing to do with we got to fire those guys for sure um so but basically just to put this in your you know it, to put this in perspective for the audience so we got a, a brawl that's so out of control that the deputy director has to keep changing the match to fit the situation uh and then that turns into 75% of the match is just, you know, and when I say that, I mean the wrestlers. Six out of the eight wrestlers are just calmly standing on the apron, leaning on the ropes, waiting for their turn, uh, while the other two guys do tackle drop down in the ring. Sounds about right. Yep. So they, they, started, a, uh, they started a vicious fight and a wrestling match broke out. It was crazy. You know, it was, it was nice for everybody to come to their senses and remember that this is a competition with technique, uh, you know, and, and uh, finesse, you know, you got to use moves and grappling. This this could have been your wild brawl match of the show. Just like, you know, F it, you know, four on four, do whatever you want, falls kind of anywhere, but let's throw these guys in there. Q America's most wanted. Yep, let's do it. Um. Labrat says, new drinking game, take a shot every time someone should get fired. Well, look, I love my liver, and you guys should too. I don't want anybody to get alcohol poisoning. Uh, you, you wouldn't survive a week of wrestling if you played that drinking game on every show. If you watched all the shows. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know. It wouldn't be uh, TNA without the uh, shotgun finish where everybody gets in and gets their shit in and stuff. And then eventually Eric Young hits a pile driver on Sheldon Jeans, and then that's the end of it. So there you go. I believe I was going to make 
one other point about this. Uh, no, I wasn't. Oh, yes, I was. They had the spot with like Khan and um, Chris Harris. Like the two oh, yeah, guys the, getting you know, there, slugging yep. it out. And something similar we'll talk about later, but it's just kind of like, um, I don't know. I think they were thinking that people were going to react to this more, and they didn't really. So, yeah, uh, they did. Well, I'll, I'll talk about it more when I get to the other thing, but yeah, here we go. Uh, you know, the brawl into the wrestling match. Any other final thoughts on this or? Nope, not at all. Just simple, basic tag match. Yes, boring. Very boring. It's boring. This is a very, very boring celebration show. Yeah. Not a lot of celebrating, a lot of boring. I mean, there were a couple of couple of fun moments, like, you know, America's Most Wanted and Beautiful People. Right. I would have rather, like, so again, everybody's just so used to this. They, I'm sure everybody else has been long since beaten down and given up thinking. But because it's our job to think, so when I'm watching this, I'm always thinking of, like, you know, my vision of the way you could actually do this in a modern era while still trying to retain some sense of kayfabe or something, but also to make it entertaining and engaging with the audience. So if you think, what if America's most, or like, not America's most one, what if the design did not run out there and attack, uh, you know, Eric Young, right? What if they just stayed in the back like they were supposed to, right? then you would have had two whole thousand episode celebration shows and America's Most Wanted wouldn't have gotten the ring. Because apparently the only reason they got in this match is because Shark Boy added them to it, which means they had no plans for America's Most Wanted. So which means that all we were going to see of them is the thing from last week when they were standing around backstage and James Storm was drinking a beer and whatever. So why not say like you know, we've got a special match, you know, for later tonight and then make it seem like, you know, if you want to make it seem like a surprise or you could have showcased it and said America's most wanted back in action for the first time in however many years, you know, like if I had America's most wanted and I was going to put them in a match, I would let people know in real life, you would do that. If this shit was real, you know, and you said, hey, Tom Brady's coming out of retirement. You think you're just going to wait until halftime of the game? You're like, oh, my God, the quarterback went down. What are we going to do? Hey, Tom Brady's in the audience. He ain't doing nothing. Suit up. You know what I'm saying? Like, even, even beyond just the idea you know, like Ben is talking about of like, if you've got the rock, let people know beyond that, just think of what you would really do in that situation. You wouldn't, you wouldn't take two guys that didn't have a plan to have a match and just throw them in a match. 
it's just so stupid but people just accept this shit because they just say oh it's it's wrestling they, they just say that now that's the wrong way to think you should always be asking more of if you're a customer you should always be asking more of the companies that you patronize unless they're giving you exactly what you want then don't ask for it but you know if you see something they don't like it's pretty much the american way to let a motherfucker know hey I don't like this, you know. <laughs> you know, we call it Karen's at times, but still. I don't know. So that's just what I think. However, um we're going to get a recap of Feast or Fired so you know uh what happened and thankfully, you know, we're definitely going to let everybody know. We've got Dave LaGreca presiding over the case opening, so don't, you know, <laughs> Don't touch that dial, guys. You notice in the Feaster Fired recap, they cut the part out where it's Crazy Steve shanked Brian Myers and Moose stepped aside to let him through? I suppose I did notice that. We probably shouldn't show that forking. <laughs> you know, what would the kids think? See, now that's a, now if you, again, going back to the kayfabe presentation thing, now if that was a thing that happened in that match, you would think as a responsible, you know, company, you wouldn't want to show that one of your athletes went out of control, you know, and brought a fork into the match. That's embarrassing. So you would really cut that out if this was real. You're like, oh, we're not showing that, right? But I'm sure that was not their thought process whatsoever. Because if they ever thought about anything like that, then we wouldn't get most of the shows that we get, right? Um, but before we get to the case open, we have to go back and make sure that we completely undo everything that Bully Ray's been doing as we show the Team 3D heartfelt speech to the audience that we couldn't show you last week, but we're showing it to you now. Uh, so, Babyface 3D speech to the audience from last week. There you go. It would it would have been great if we didn't see like a year of bully being a straight up heel. Or that we're gonna continue seeing it probably if he sticks around. Alright, so we get Feaster Fired with music underneath. Uh Dave asks everybody what they hope to find in their case. Which is a stupid ass question. That's like a question a Mark would ask, and I guess that's fitting. Um, uh, so crazy Steve hopes for, uh, heart, liver, and lungs to be in his briefcase, whatever the fuck that means. But he gets, uh, he gets the digital media championship shot. So there you go. Um, they ask everybody, you know, I I'm just doing in the order they open the cases here, but I'll tell you what everybody wished for and what they got. Uh, so everybody else will like down the line before crazy Steve, you know, Chris Bay saying he wants, you know, the, the, everybody wanted a tag team title shot, except for, <laughs> except for, except for, you know, the guy that wanted organs. But, uh, when they get to moose, they ask him, you know, he's like, same thing as everybody else tag team title shot, like very, very unconvincing 
but it was perfect like it, it looked realistic like he looked like he was trying to mean it even though we know he didn't mean it but he didn't overact it to the point where he was like had shifty eyes and was like uh yeah i want a tag team title match no he just he made it seem like he definitely wanted a tag team title shot like everybody else was saying but he clearly to you you know because it's moose that he didn't want it right so this was perfect moose is perfect perfect moose and what does he get in his case, Brandon? What does Moose get? World title shot. That's right. It's almost like they're course correcting. I don't want to get my hopes up. <laughs> and he even did did awesome, like walking away with his facial expressions, like my, like he kind of like kept it close to him. And Myers is like, "Hey, buddy," he's like, mm. <laughs> "Yeah." Moose hugged the briefcase <laughs> and walked off smiling. <laughs> Uh, as he pretended to be slightly disappointed. <laughs> it's like, I really wanted that tag team championship, buddy, but <laughs> yes. Awesome. Awesome moose. And you guys may think we're showing favoritism to moose. Well, are we showing, are we praising moose because he's our favorite or is he our favorite because he's the one doing things that are worthy of praise? Huh? Think about that for a second. Right. Um, all right. Chris Bay wants the tag team titles that he says still belong to ABC. Uh, and he indeed gets the tag team championship title shot. And uh, as we all probably knew, uh, Yuya wanted champions in his case. And he gets fired. So sad moment for... Yuya and, well, Joya all together, really, because Joe Henry is very sad. This was almost too realistic. I felt very sad, even though I knew he was leaving and I knew why he was leaving. <laughs> but he really looked devastated, and Joe Henry looked like he was going to cry. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yes. So, it... yes. He's yep. 310 to Yuma, back to New Japan Wrestling. Uh <laughs> Yeah, you, you, well, I mean, he probably is. I mean, that's what I would imagine. Um, unless he has another stopover before he goes back there, but he'll definitely go there soon. Um, or at least he'll be leaving Impact. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, there's a big, this was taped a while ago, and there's one more big show, I think, on the 30th in new japan pro wrestling so maybe he could make his big return there uh i'll i'll take a look at that and see he may return as a surprise my favorite feature fire pink slip will always be curry man oh i got the fired fired championship where's the fired champion <laughs> that's great no one ever got fired then it would just be whenever chris Whatever, uh, Christopher Daniels just wanted to change gimmicks back and forth. <laughs> they would either fire Curry Man or fire Christopher Daniels. And then the other one would show up. Um, and then people were mad because, like, the it wasn't that in that first one, it was uh, because Loki actually was leaving. And why didn't you just give it to him instead of Chris Daniels? Well, because Chris Daniels isn't actually leaving and it's so he can come back as Curry Man. Yeah, Curry Man. Um, all right, well, here's a match of two guys that are not Curry Man. Uh, it's Trey Miguel versus Josh Alexander. Um, 
you know, uh, well, these guys, these guys have a match. I mean, what do you want me to say? It's Trey Miguel, Josh Alexander. They do a bunch of things that you would expect these guys to do. A lot of flipping around, especially at the beginning. And Josh is going along with it. He's like trying to keep up with all these flips that Trey Miguel is doing. And if you think I'm just saying that dismissively, go watch the match. <laughs> go watch the match and watch Trey Miguel flip around and then tell me I'm just sounding like one of these old guys saying all these guys do is flip around. It's like they're they're like in the in in out in back in the ring, outside the ring, flipping and running, you know, like in the first minute of this match, they're like they've already been on the floor once. It's it's crazy. And then they settle it down a little bit, but you know. Anyway, uh And Trey took at, a wicked flip over German suplex bump. Yeah. Um and we got uh so eventually, you know, Zach is gonna try to interfere. Um and Alex Shelley's gonna come out and neutralize him. He spit something in his face. Uh I missed exactly what it might have been. Did he already have it in his mouth when he came out there, or did he take a drink of something? I don't I don't know. But he spit he didn't have spray paint, but he spit something in in uh Wentz's face. And then Josh Alexander hits the C4 on Trey Miguel. So, one, two, three, yada, yada, yada. Um, then uh, Josh Alexander gets on the mic. And this was another weird thing. So, Josh Alexander gets on the mic and he very sarcastically thanks Alex Shelley for his help, right? Like, I'm, I'm not, I didn't miss that signal, right, Brandon? Like, he was very sarcastic in his, in his gratitude, right? <laughs> Well, I hope so, because he's laying it on pretty thick. Okay. <laughs> and then Alex Shelley takes the mic and very unsarcastically explains that he was only there to hurt the rascals and not help him. And I wanted to be like, if I was Josh Alexander, I took the mic back and like, yeah, I know. You know, but he is like, do you, did you not read the, the, not only read the room, but you didn't. You didn't pick up what Josh Alexander's putting down? Are you that stupid? Or did they just not... Did they explain this differently to these two guys in the back so that they weren't on the same page? Who knows? This was... Yeah, they felt like they were on two different pages. And again, if you think I'm picking on Alex Shelley, fucking go watch this. I, I actually would not advise you to go watch this. But if you think... If you're like an Alex Shelley fan, go back and rewatch this and tell me when I'm telling lies, okay? Just this this was completely not on this like this is not in, this was nothing. This was weird. There's felt, no yeah, chemistry here. Felt like a disconnect and very awkward. Yes. I would have thought, you know, what Alex Shelley should have done is he should have took the mic after Josh Alexander said Thank you so much for your help. It would have been nice to have this kind of help at Victory Road or whatever he said. And then Alex was like, oh, it's my pleasure, Josh. I, I would like nothing more than to make sure that you're perfectly healthy for, you know, and and I have nothing to do with these, you know, with these two guys that are eating pizza in the hallway and trying to, you know, like I just you would think it would be a sarcasm battle back and forth. That's what these two guys 
could do here to make this more entertaining but i mean there's only so much that these two can do to make it entertaining but that would have been it i mean that would have been something and alex shelley completely leaves that on the table and does whatever he wants which is just boring and stupid and whatever all right so anything Lean. else to add to this Lean. whole thing Lean. Lean. uh anything else on the match anything else on um Trey Miguel's bump. Man. No. Take that as a no. <laughs> or you could have said, Calabria ran out of socks for this. Or you could have said, Brandon, you could have said, oh, I've got so many things to say about this match and this promo, but we've got a show to just move on with, so I won't bore everybody like, like Alex Shelley does. Yep. That would have been another. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Moving on. Jonathan Gresham sits with Bailey, uh, and they now these guys are good at passive aggressive uh, compliments and you know slight sarcasm back and forth. Right. This is kind of what the we were expecting out of the other guys. Uh, so they sort of pep talk each other, doing the whole like you know patting him on the leg or patting him on the shoulder, but kind of hard type thing. Like, well, if you would have done this then we would have been like this and all this other stuff and then mike bailey's like well i've since you know how to be a world champion i've got a perfect match for you uh you know to prove everything that you're saying how about i'll go talk to the management and we make jonathan gresham versus speedball mike bailey and jonathan gresham's like you know basically he agrees but in the way that the the subtext is touche uh so again we got here what we were supposed to get with josh and alex uh and we know that mike bailey's just penciled in for a match against will osprey at bound for glory with no heat or real build-up it's just like a, a dream match i guess two guys that do stuff and they're gonna do stuff at each other until one of them can't do stuff anymore for a count of three um so we'll look forward to that but in the meantime um bailey's got to uh he's got a tune-up match here and uh he's got to uh recover his uh ball sack from the the alan angels kicking from earlier too did you like this i thought they did i thought they did pretty well uh like you said the uh the back and forth, the uh, backhanded passive aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you see, I've been a world champion. Right. Which he sure has. Uh <sighs> all right. Um, so next, uh, this is not this is not quite the same. Um this is I, I have an exact quote of what this next scene opens with as you see the rascal selling in the locker room sitting down and then we get this is this is the quote from uh, john schuyler uh, guys i'm really sorry for interrupting but when are me and jason hodge the good hands when are we going to get our tag team title shot <laughs> that's a direct exact word for word quote i made sure to run it back and capture every every word of this quote when are me and Jason Hotch the good hands? When are we going to get our tag team title shot? 
who's 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 not stopping them and going do that again? I don't know. I can't. I can't blame Jimmy Jacobs anymore. He's judging Ring of Honor Pure Wrestling Championship matches. But anyway, uh, ABC walks in with the with the uh, you know Chris Bay has his case, and uh, he says, "I know you guys had a deal, but it matters not because we are the number one contenders." So. Then John Schuyler looks to them for backup, and they're already gone. The The rascals have powdered and left uh, John Schuyler all by himself. But nothing happens. That's just the end of the scene. So, what do you give this? Uh, how, do you, how do you rate this, this backstage interaction on this 1,000th episode, Part B? Dumb dumb all right i look forward to its rewrite all right we're almost at the main event anything else you'd like to mention or talk about from the entire show up to this point no nah, but i thought it was kind of weird they didn't have a special ref for this knockouts tag match because there's several that you could try to probably call back for a little extra star power for it right instead we got giant lady ref Who's she's giant? Um, pretty, I think she's pretty much taller than everybody in this match, right? Most of them, yeah. Um, this is your 10 knockouts tag team, uh, tag team match, uh, that we knew was going to happen after the 30 minute opening of uh, part A of the 1000th episode. So on the one side, we get uh, Awesome Kong and Gail Kim and Mickey James and Jordan Grace and Trinity. Uh, and they're taking on Giselle Shaw and Savannah Evans and Tasha Steeles and uh, Angelina Love and Velvet Sky. So the first thing I thought watching this is um, I think it was... Uh, it was Angelina and uh, Trinity in there at the start, I think. And I felt like they were in there way too long. Uh, if you got this many people standing on the apron, just tag them in. You know, like quickly, you know, do an arm ringer, tag, you know, reverse the arm ringer, tag, you know, get somebody else, you know, tag, 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 tag. Just get everybody in there once and then go into your spots. Um... Yeah, the entrances took a long time. They skipped the heel entrances for the most part. Uh, they just came back from break. They went to break in the middle of the entrances. Um, I think the only heels that got an entrance were the beautiful people. Right. They had to. They had to. You got to give them entrance. You got to let the pitches loose. Uh, all right. So let's talk about Gail Kim's scary spot. This is a spot where she's on the apron. And uh, Jay Vidal grabs her leg and she kicks Jay Vidal and then Velvet Sky grabs her other leg and pulls her off and she takes a bump on the floor. So I watched this a few times, slowed it down, looked at it. In my estimation, uh, this was just a freak accident. Now I could be wrong. I don't think I am. You can't really see when Gail hits. Because they don't switch until she's already, she's already taken the bump. 
they don't switch the camera angle over to her until after. So you're seeing it from the hard cam to start when she gets pulled down. And then they switch over. And Velvet grabs her leg and Gail Kim's off the apron before she even makes the motion like she's going to pull Gail Kim's leg. So basically, as soon as she grabs the leg, Gail Kim takes that as the cue and and goes down and she just takes her own bump kind of like i didn't see velvet sky actually do anything that would have forced and that's what you're supposed to do like any anytime you're doing anything whether you're doing a spot like this or whether you are let's say shit canning somebody through the ropes you know um you don't actually do it for a shoot you just let them go and then you make the follow-up motion as if you did it so when you shoot somebody off to the ropes you're not like you don't have to really shove them in the back they'll run and then you throw your arm out after them it looks like you pushed them but you didn't that's the whole thing that's the magic sorry sorry wrestlers i ruined the magic sports fake uh same thing here you grab gail kim's leg and when she jumps, after she jumps down and takes the bump, then you move your arms and make it look like you pulled her. If you time it right, you look like you did it, but in actuality, she took her own bump. That's what it looked like happened here. I don't think Velva did anything wrong. And I, that's and that's how I could tell, because when I slowed it down, like, Gail Kim's already on her way to the floor, and, and, and Velvet's still, like, holding her by the ankle. So how could she have caused this there's just, it seems like there's physically no way so gail kim accidentally hits her head taking her own bump it happens shit happens as she says uh did you see anything different brandon or was that pretty much how you saw it that's pretty much what i saw it didn't look like anybody's fault it just it happened yep however if gail kim was concussed right there which you may not know exactly if you're concussed, but you may know if something's off. Uh, then they continued to put heat on Gail Kim, and she made some comebacks and some hope spots at other. She kept doing stuff in the match. So I would just advise that if you don't, if you think something's off, and you've got four other tag team partners, you could call an audible. It's okay. Tag yourself out. Even if that's, you know, I know Gail Kim's tough. I know she's a wrestler. I know she wants to finish the match. I know she doesn't want to sell this real-life concussion, but it's okay. It's all right, you know. Um, in a in a 10-person tag, yeah, you'd be all right if you switch it up. Just just tell, tell Mickey, you know, like, Mickey, I think I got my bell rung. Just take the heat. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Like it's not that big a deal. Everyone will still love Gail Kim. You know? Uh so that that that'd be my other thing, but like I'm not I'm not too mad at her, you know. I'm just I'm saying it's an option in this case. If if there's ever a case, the only time it could have the only time it could be more of an option is if it's a 12 person tag. <laughs> it's like the more people you have, the less reason you have to stay in a match and continue taking heat and further concuss yourself, right? It's just my my thought on it. Other thoughts I had were uh, that Kong looked good. 
she looked pretty good you know she's not one of these people that just comes in and can barely walk and then uh you know she also looked um like her arms looked a little bit leaner than i remember seeing her in the past she it looks like she has some muscle on there i actually saw some delt deltoid separation on uh, awesome con so fantastic shape still looks good they had the spot with her and Evans, and this is the spot that I was thinking of earlier with, um, you know, like Khan and uh, Jane, uh, Chris Harris. You know, you have these two, the, the two big guys have the, the face-off spot. Well, here you have Savannah Evans and Awesome Kong, and I, all I could think of was if only Savannah Evans hadn't been jobbed into oblivion at this point, that, <laughs> that was this could mean dude. something, you know? That was the exact same thought went through my head. Is like, man, this could actually have been a special thing of like a passing of the torch, but they buried Evans and jobbed her out so much. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, what can you do? Uh, eventually, also Kong hits the implant buster on Giselle Shaw, and everyone's happy. The baby faces are celebrating. Uh, and the beautiful people, um, they're not happy with Jay Vidal. So Angelina gives him a super kick and they put the paper bag on him. So everybody gets their shit in. Everybody's happy. We go off the air happy. We're all happy. Everybody's happy. Yay. 1,000 episodes and one. So there you go. What'd you think? Are we done celebrating the thousand episode now, or do we have a third thousandth episode uh, next week? Yes. All right. All right. Yes, it is. The answer is yes. Um. Yeah, I don't know. These episodes were, even despite all the uh, criticisms, I still felt that they were more uh, watchable than the basic show has been um some of it's trading on nostalgia which is fine they could have traded on it even more um but ultimately that came down to all the phone calls they made or didn't make so as as far as that goes um like how, how much better would that tech that knockout tag match would have been if odb was the ref they could have ODB as a ref, could have anybody. Like, whoever is willing to, you know, like I said, who knows who didn't pick up the phone or who they didn't call. Um, I, I just, but I'm, I'm just going to, I'm not going to judge them on, uh, you know, who they didn't call. I'm just going to say whatever they did. I like the, you know, I liked seeing Kong in there looking good. I liked seeing the uh, Fox Sportsnet tickers. I like seeing, you know, Moose get a world championship um, shot and his reaction to it. It was very so, moosey. Very moosey. Um, and overall, like, I thought it was fine, but... Uh, there's just those little things that I was talking about that could have, you know, impacts is right there. They only need, they only need little tweaks. It's not like they, they necessarily need a complete overhaul. They certainly have the personnel to do whatever they need to do, but those little changes could 
they could set themselves apart. I don't know. Again, like we've discussed many times in the past, I don't know if that will translate into more viewers. Like it, they could just be beyond the age where they're ever going to be anything again, other than this very niche of a niche. But at the very least, since we have to watch it, I'd like it to be more enjoyable, you know. But I mean, unless there, unless there's something they did that got attention on them and got them hot. Nah, it's never gonna happen. It's never gonna happen. AEW can't get any traction with all the stuff they do, and Impact has no hope. It'd be different if you saw AEW like steadily, you know, being more and more prominent, but they're not. So Impact has no chance, no chance in hell. Uh oh well. You know, whatever they're doing is fine for, for them, I guess. They're not willing to do anything else, then they can sit right here where they're at. Um, and uh, we'll sit right here where we're at. Uh, same time next week, most likely. Um, Brandon, until then, where, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at TransArchistTia as well as twitch.tv slash Miss Tia the Transarchist, and it's on Substack at HMG Brandon. All right. So you will continue to splinter the timeline and take us into alternate universes with Impact, and we'll see if those are better. Uh, then we, you know, as for me, you can find me at Opinion Hever on all the social media platforms. Uh, you can find me every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern for the Next Level Wrestling Review with Big Ray Hernandez. Uh, NXT's not much better either. Um, they're just different. Two things can be bad, but in different ways. And that's how uh, you can find out how if you watch the Next Level Wrestling Review. Um, you can find me at, uh, well, you can usually find me on the uh, Wreckage show. Uh, where we talk about AEW Collision. Uh, that's myself, Chris Franz, and Jimmy T. Uh, you know, I don't necessarily want to be a part of that show, other than I do enjoy talking to the boys, but uh, it's more so the fact that I have to sit and wait for them to finish the show so that I can get on Twitch and do my own thing. So I figure I might as well sit in and have a good time while I wait. And uh, if they ever change their schedule, then... Um, maybe I won't be on the show anymore, but, uh, if you like, if you like to see more of me, that's another place. And that's every Sunday, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. And we try to keep that to a reasonable time. Um, but we had a lot to talk about this week, so we went a little bit over, but that's fine. Uh, the return of the muffins on, uh, wreckage yesterday. So... Go check that out. See what made me eat a muffin live on the air. Um, I was going to save some, but after I watched uh, after I watched Impact, I was like, mm, there's nothing really muffin worthy here, so I just ate them. Ate them on my own time. Uh, and uh, you can also find me um, uh, um, well, you can't find me on Wrestling with Rogers necessarily, but I will probably be referenced and they've been doing a lot of interesting stuff lately besides a long interview with Gerald Briscoe. Um, you will also see that they did an OBW reunion show with Rene Dupree. And uh, I believe they had Flash Flanagan on there. And I think they had 
Um, they were supposed to have Nick Dinsmore, but I, I'm not sure if he made it. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. Uh, but that was the that was the scheduled uh, show there. So they had that on Wrestling with Rip Rogers on YouTube. So go check that out. It's uh, free. Just check it out. And then they do the live Q and A's every Friday at whatever concrete time they set. Uh, but who gave him the concrete gimmick? So that's why I'm always referenced. And then, of course, you've got Stevie Richards, Stevie Richards Fitness, Stevie Richards Wrestling Analysis, big fitness show with Stevie Richards. Stevie Richards is, he's overbooked right now. He's booked himself into so many things. And uh, he can hardly handle it all. And I can hardly keep up with it all, but it's all there. Um, today, I believe he released a video about Bret Hart's pendulum backbreaker, uh, and he bre- so he breaks down the science of that. And he recently had a Patreon exclusive Q and A, uh, so that's something you might want to check out if you're interested um, in becoming a supporter of Stevie Riches on Patreon. Um, get extra exclusive content that you won't find on the YouTube channel, as well as early access to the stuff that he does put on the YouTube channel. But the early access is only a few hours, judging by my notifications. So, um, I believe that pretty much covers everything. So, uh, if there's anything else I forgot, Brandon, any other things we want to put over real quick before we go? HMG and Channel Attitude, whoop whoop. Okay. All right. Well, then for Brandon, I'm the vet and I don't have a sign.